episode was going to be about how Justin Turner is now a Toronto Blue Jay and how Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is on the cover of MLB The Show and how it upset a lot of people. But then the Baltimore Orioles dropped a nuke on my head and they traded prospects Joey Ortiz and D.L. Hall in the 34th pick in this upcoming draft for Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers. It's a bit of a shocking return for Corbin Burns, given that he's been rumored kind of all off season. Uh, he's been a point of interest for a lot of teams, and it seemed like the price would have been too high. Milwaukee didn't want to let him go, and Baltimore came in and kept all of their top, top prospects and picked up one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Now, if you're a fan in the AL East, like I am, of a team that's not the Baltimore Orioles, this kind of sucks. They won 101 games last year. I felt like there was going to be some regression this year. And not like they were going to suddenly win, you know, 80 games or something like that. But 101 wins last year was unexpected. And it's hard to win 100, ga- 100 games in baseball. A lot of things have to go your way. And a lot of the underlying numbers with Baltimore was that there was some luck involved in uh, how many one-run games they won and how well their offense did in the clutch. And, you know, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but even, you you know, you can look it up. Even the Blue Jays, who were (laughs) incredibly difficult to watch offensively last year and pretty awful. Um, when you put the Blue Jays numbers side by side with the Orioles numbers, everything from runs per game to batting average, OPS, uh, on base percentage, if I remember correctly, it was all pretty close. But Baltimore was able to consistently get the big hit when it mattered, and the G- Blue Jays weren't. So I just felt like there's going to be some. Some regression on Baltimore's end. And I've been disappointed with the fact that they haven't gone out and gotten pitching. They traded for Jack Flaherty last year at the deadline. Which was a, you know, it was fine. Um, and obviously there's a lot, a lot of reason to believe that Grayson Rodriguez is going to take a step forward this year. And, you know, he has the potential to be a ace for them. He's a top prospect in baseball for a while. And, you know, he seemed to have figured things out towards uh, the end of last year. But I was still pretty disappointed. And then with um, with their lack of moves, even though I'm a fan of the Blue Jays. But not disappointed, I, I guess I should say. I, I would have been perfectly fine if they made no moves. I was surprised, though. Kyle Bradish had a really spectacular... Year, year last year. And with the injury to Felix Batista, I was just, you know, 
bullpen being the strength of the Baltimore Orioles and hit, and how unhittable he was. I was just like, well, the, you know, that they're going to miss him a lot. And they made a really smart move very early in free agency, picking up Craig Kimbrell. And, uh, you know, Philly fans will tell you that, you know, yeah, please take him off our hands. And it was a bit of a roller coaster with him in the ninth inning. But, you know, he's probably a future Hall of Famer. And, you know, he's a very solid guy to add to this young team. And now they get Corbin Burns, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball, without having to give up any of their top, top prospects. Uh, And with new ownership in, I would imagine that, you know, the new ownership is open to re-signing him. I don't know about a contract extension. You never know with players anymore if they're willing to take a contract extension, right, especially a year before free agency, or if they want to play the open market. Now, with the way this offseason has gone, and you have a two-time Cy Young winner in Blake Snell and a very good pitcher who pitched very well for the Texas Rangers who won the World Series and Jordan Montgomery, still looking for a deal. And we're in February now, and we're two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting the spring training. Maybe Corbin Burns will be like, you know what? I don't want to deal with that next offseason. And if Baltimore offers him something competitive in terms of a long-term deal, maybe he'll accept that now. But even if he doesn't, adding him to the rotation and getting a legitimate and bonafide ace that can start game one of the wild card or game one of the division series for you that you've earned by winning the division and winning 101 games, that's a pretty big deal. Not to mention Jackson Holiday hasn't even, you know, made his debut yet. And Gunnar Henderson looks like the real deal. A lot of people think Adley Rutschman is already the best catcher in baseball. Um, Not great. Not great if you are... In the AL East. And you're watching this unfold. Now you, there's a reason, you know, the cliche. That's why we play 162. But I'm not. I, w- I was very happy with, with Baltimore's approach to this offseason up until now. And now I'm upset. Because... Yeah, this is kind of huge. I'm curious now to see. It doesn't seem like the Red Sox are just going to do anything no matter what anyone else in the division does. But I'm curious now if the Yankees feel more pressure. Maybe those Blake Snell talks reopen. Possibly. I don't know what the Blue Jays are going to do. The Blue Jays thing is getting frustrating. Not because of the lack of moves, but because of what I see online, and I understand that Twitter is Twitter. I see people going, you know, Ross Atkins, he should be fired. And, you know, this is, what is he doing? He's just been complacent, and he just doesn't seem to care to put together a winning team. I just don't understand what you want him to do. The Justin Turner signing, solid, one year. You know, if that's the only move, 
Is that good enough? Probably not, but I just don't get with this free agents free agent class what you expect. Shohei Otani was the prize. They went hard after him. They didn't get him. Only one team was going to get him. You know, I saw Blue Jay fans clamoring for Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson for one year would have been fine. But I'm just I'm just shocked by like the, some of the reactions from Blue Jays Twitter of just being heartbroken you didn't get Jock Peterson, who's been all over the map in his career. 2019 he had 36 home runs. All right. That's great. Since 2019, the most home runs he's gotten in a season is 23. He had a couple before 2019, a couple 25 home run seasons, a 26 home run season, but he's not a game changer for you. Jorge Soler, same thing, all over the map. Incredibly inconsistent. And for three years, while not being able to play defense, like you really want him, is that going to change the complexion of the Blue Jays? I think has a better chance of handicapping them. I'd rather have Justin Turner for one year at DH than Jorge Soler for three years taking up a DH spot and then when you need somebody else to play DH, putting him out in the outfield. I'm sorry. I know people want Jorge Soler. I'd take him if... If we had like 2021, 2021's lineup, right, with Springer, Simeon, Bo, Vladdy, Teoscar, Lourdes, and you want Soler in there to, to DH, great. You know, and you put him at six. But he's been all over the map too. I just, it would be nice to have him. I just don't, I'm not heartbroken if the Blue Jays don't get him. I'm just not heartbroken by it. And then Cody Bell, I keep seeing Cody Bellinger's name pop up, and I just don't understand that one either. You got to get Cody Bellinger now if you're serious. Ross Atkins isn't serious. He should be fired unless he gets Cody Bellinger. You want to give Cody Bellinger, I, I've said this before, this is the last time I'm, I'm addressing Cody Bellinger too. You want to get Cody Bellinger for what will undoubtedly be not only the longest contract in the history of the franchise, but the most lucrative contract in the history of the franchise. That's what you want? Now you can say 2020 to 2022 were because of Injuries, and that's not who Cody Bellinger really is. And maybe. But here's what I see. He won the MVP in 2019 at the age of 23. He had an OPS plus of 167. 2020, COVID season. All right, guy struggled. 112 OPS plus. 2021. 44 OPS plus. 
2022, 81 OPS plus. And then last year, a bounce back season with a 133. And again, I've heard it's, well, it's the in- it was the injuries, a shoulder, maybe. But for three out of his seven seasons, he was. Like just horrendous slash slightly above average for nearly half of his career. Three out of seven seasons. And you want to give him an eight or nine year contract. And I admit, if the Blue Jays were the Dodgers, for example, and I know ownership has the money, but just because they have the money... That doesn't mean that's the reality we live in. If the Blue Jays were the Dodgers and I felt comfortable that they would be willing to, if the contract ended up being just an absolute nightmare, ownership would be willing to eat that contract and move on from it and not let it affect how they approach future free agencies and future spending. I'd be, I'd be all up for the risk. But if the contract, which has a possibility to end up being much worse than a Vernon Wells contract, much, much, much worse than a Vernon Wells contract, my worry is we're going to be stuck with it and ownership will not want to spend the money in order to sort of rectify the mistake. And Ross Atkins is in a no-win position because he's getting crap for not signing Cody Bellinger, assuming Cody Bellinger even wants to come here. And then if Cody Bellinger ended up being the guy we have saw for three years, which was unplayable, then Ross Atkins would get crap for handing out the worst contract in baseball. So it's a no-win situation. This is an awful free agency. I think Justin Turner is going to do well for them. I think I'd like to see what David Schneider does over a full season. I hope David Schneider gets a big opportunity this year. My assumption going into the, this season. Now, you keep hearing Matt Chapman's name kind of pop up here and there. But my assumption going into this season was we're finally going to see a Relvis Martinez or Addison Barger. More so a Relvis Martinez get a chance. The great teams, that's what the great teams do. They call up people, young guys, to come in to fill in a spot that is opened up, and they take advantage. The Jays have when was the last time the Jays had a position player call up that took you know that made us excited? David Schneider was a very small sample size. But before that it was the Bo and Vladdy era. It was twenty nineteen. You know, even the Astros, Astros from that original core of Correa, Springer, Bregman, Altuve, they've brought up Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker. I know Jeremy Pena struggled last year, but the year before, he's a World Series MVP. American League Championship Series MVP. And so I thought, let's give Aralvis a chance. This is a good time to do it. Will he be Matt Chapman defensively at third base? No. 
Can he surprise us and hit 25 to 30 home runs? Maybe. I don't know. I'd like to see. And so I just thought that's what the case was going to be. But then they signed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. They're still in talks with Matt Chapman or whatever you want to believe. But that still seems like a bit of a possibility. I don't think so. I think Chapman's going to San Francisco or Chicago. But you never know. But I want to see one of the young guys come up to see what they can do. I'm expecting Vladdy to have a major bounce back season. Last year, if I'm being honest, I I thought he would have a a similar season to 2022, but I wasn't willing to like go, oh, he's gonna have a huge year. I put money on Bo Bichette before the season to win MVP. Not because I thought he was no I've sprinkled a little bit of just pennies on it. Because he was plus 7,000. And over the first couple months of the season, you knew Otani was going to win the MVP. But you're like, you know what? Bo, it's not a bad pick. Bo was playing really well. Even Vladdy was playing pretty well until like the middle of May. But I think this year, if I'm going to put money on someone on the Blue Jays, just for fun, I don't think any Blue Jays is going to win MVP, but it would be Vladdy. I genuinely believe he's going to have a huge bounce back year. Bo, you know what you're going to get from him. Look at his numbers. He's as consistent as as it gets in baseball. Danny Jansen, you hope he doesn't break his hand. <laughs> you hope he doesn't get a get hit in the hand by a pitch or a, a foul tip because he can put up some good numbers. Kirk, I would imagine, will have a bounce back year because he was horrendous last year. Springer, I just... I don't think he's finished, but maybe he is. We'll find out this year. I think that's what the Blue Jays are doing. We're going to go, let's see what we have. And we're not going to panic into giving Cody Bellinger nine years. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. But I do wonder if this move by the Orioles puts a little bit more pressure on the front office to get something done. I personally would have loved to see Reese Hoskins. That was my number one guy of the realistic options that were available that you didn't have to give four, five, six years to. I really wanted to see Reese Hoskins. I felt like I had a Marcus Simeon potential in the sense that you can get him for cheap and then he comes in and just hits 30 to 35 bombs for you. He goes to Milwaukee and that was upsetting. Jock Peterson I had no interest in. I'm glad he didn't sign here. J.D. Martinez would have been nice. But all these guys, they're sort of... They do the same thing. And the Blue Jays have that with Vladdy at first base. They need they need DH days for Vladdy and for Springer. Well, for Vladdy. I don't know if they need DH days for... They've been giving it to Vladdy, but... He's 24 years old. He doesn't need DH days. But with Justin Turner, I just don't think there's room anymore. Obviously, there wouldn't have been room for Reese Hoskins. There's no room for J.D. Martinez with Justin Turner here. There's a scenario... Where Jorge Soler can fit in, 
if Justin Turner has the ability to play a decent amount of games at second base or third base. Right, and kind of platoon the DH with Solaire, who would then be in the corner outfield position when he's not DHing. Which you you know you can make an argument that the Blue Jays defense in all the other areas is well third base is an unknown now, but generally very good where you can get away with a Solaire in the outfield. But then what do you do with Varsho and and Kiermaier? Are you going to have them platoon center field? I don't think the Blue Jays are interested in platooning Varshal. I think they want Varshal to be an everyday player. Speaking of Varshal, he's another guy. I think he will have a better year than last year. I do. And I'd be interested in Matt Chapman coming back. I said this in a different podcast for a Lourdes Gurriel type of deal. But other than that, I'm not interested in Matt Chapman coming back, especially if it's up for $100 million. And I'm seeing again, it's on Twitter, and i got to get off Twitter. Because Matt Chapman didn't make the top 10 third baseman on MLB Network's you know, list, and which was surprising. I thought Matt Chapman, because defensively alone, I thought he would have been a top uh, 10 third baseman in the bottom part of it, around 8, 9, or 10, but he didn't make the list. I think he was just on the outside. It seemed like he was 11th. And I had people, you know, there were people arguing that it was like, because somebody said, well, he's really good defensively, but he's awful offensively. He was good in April in that sense. Like, well, you can't just discount April. Like, on this season, his weighted runs created plus, and his OPS plus were above average. And this is where I'm not anti-analytics. I like analytics. I like advanced stats, but when you start making arguments where you just, it seems like you don't watch the game and it's, you you just completely ignore the eye test and you just go, well, look, he's above average. So clearly he's above average. If you're a Blue Jays fan and you watched last year, you know from May until the end of the season, for 80% of the season, he was so far from an above-average hitter that just because his overall numbers say he was an above... Like, this is where you can take your advanced stats and you can shove it. Because if you watched, and I understand in April he was Barry Bonds, and that was great. I loved it. But if you watched, you know, as a Blue Jays fan, if I gave you truth serum, you would you did not want in May, June, July, August, September in the playoffs. You did not want Matt Chapman up in a big spot. You did not. He was not above average. <laughs> and you never felt he was above average. You wanted him nowhere near the plate in a big spot. This is where I hate, hate, hate advanced stats and just lazily going, oh, well, look at his war. Look at his war. I watched him play, and I know he was very good defensively. And I know offensively it was a disaster. So stop. Stop with just like throwing a number out there. And telling me my eyes were lying to me for the entire summer. Don't believe your lying eyes. Look at this. He's an above average hitter last year. No, he wasn't. 
He wasn't. I'm sorry. Anyways, the Baltimore Orioles get Corbin Burns. Good for you, Baltimore. Good for the fans. I wish <laughs> I wish I can be that excited. I was. Um, in 2020, 2021, I, the way the Baltimore Orioles fans feel now, I think I felt that way about the Blue Jays in 2020, 2021. But I think the way they're feeling now is like times 10 that. Because we were sold on promise and potential. But they already, Adley's the real deal. And Gunner won Rookie of the Year and a Silver Slugger. And Jackson Holiday is talked about like a prodigy. And he's coming up. And now you just got one of the best pitchers in baseball to throw into the top of your rotation with Grayson Rodriguez, who's a young stud, and Kyle Bradish. And you got a lot to look forward to. And now the other teams in the AL East have to do something. Oh, and last thing. This is the last thing. Vladdy's on the cover of the show. Deal with it. Jazz was on the cover last year. I didn't get it. But I was like, whatever. It looks cool. The cover looks cool. They're trying to maybe appeal to a younger audience with the colors and the swag. But I don't give I just don't give a shit. Just give me the game. I want the game to be good. But I, I never would have expected Jazz to be on the cover. And then Vladdy is, <laughs> is being treated. I get last year's season was very underwhelming. A lot of... A lot of... A lot of luck ran away from Vladdy that year. I mean, if you want to use advanced stats... And constantly throw war and OPS and weighted runs created plus to make any argument ever, no matter what, without any context, then you have to use the advanced stats and say, well, Vladdy was very unlucky last year. Vladdy will be 25 in a month. So at the start of next year, he have, he will just turn 25. He's been a runner-up MVP. He's been a three-time All-Star. He's gotten a Silver Slugger. He's a Gold Glove winner. I don't care what you say about, well, he shouldn't have won the Gold Glove. Well, he did. He did. Can't take that away from him. It's on the resume. All-Star Game MVP is an impressive thing. Right? In basketball, in the NBA, it's an impressive thing, too, because you are... At an event with the best players in your league, and you stood out among those players. And then he wins the home run derby the next year, which is, well, I guess two years later, because he won the uh, All Star Game MVP of the year. He finished runner up as MVP. But then he wins the home run derby, and oh, it's the home run derby! What an accomplishment! Saying, well, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing to show that he has pretty significant power. And I don't know what the hell's been going on with him the last couple of years. I'm very optimistic. With the videos he's put out, seems like he's taking it seriously. It reminds me of heading into 2021. 2020, apparently he showed up in shape. Blue Jays were excited. COVID hits. 
he has to lock down like everybody else, doesn't have access to training facilities and, you know, I don't know what the nutritionist uh, availability was either. But then he showed up in 2020 during the COVID season incredibly out of shape. I mean, belly hanging over his pants. And he got ripped apart for that. And he took that offseason very seriously and he came back 2021 in tremendous shape and he had the best season of his career obviously and then the last couple off seasons you saw him enjoying himself which he should but you didn't see the same you didn't see workout videos you didn't see like a kind of a chip on the shoulder you just sort sort of saw you saw what I did watch what I'm gonna do kind of attitude like resting on your laurels and then last year People got fed up again, and they said, this is unacceptable, and this is incredibly disappointing, and are you a, are you actually a bust? Was 2021 an outlier? And it seems like it got to him, and he's taking this offseason seriously for the first time in a couple of years. Now, I don't know how comfortable I'd feel to give a long-term contract to a guy who needs to be reminded every year or two to be like, hey... You got to take it seriously. I'm not saying he doesn't take it seriously. I think Vladdy really cares about being great. And I think he really loves baseball. But I just mean like that extra commitment. If you have to be lambasted an entire season and reminded that, hey, it's not just about natural ability. You can't just rely on your natural gift. You have to work on it harder than anybody else. If you want to be great, it's not usually a recipe for greatness if you have to be reminded of it. Now, we'll see how he does this year. Again, I'm very optimistic about him. Will will he win MVP? Probably not because he plays first base and, you know, they're just, you're going to look at war and go, oh, he can hit 50 home runs and hit 320. And it'll be, well, his war is, uh, you know, 6.1 and this guy's is. 7.8 because he plays a premium position. So, But I think this year we're going to see a Vladdy where people go, oh yeah, that's right. He he can win the batting title. He's so good. If he wants to, he can win the batting title or hit 40 home runs easily in a season, every season. And I think that's why they put him on the cover. And it's not a stretch to put him on the cover. It's not the end of the world. Things will be fine. And I'm biased. I I love it. I'm very happy. Normally the uh, Blue Jays, I I don't know who the last cover, last one on the cover was for the Blue Jays. It was either Donaldson, Stroman, or Batista when they had the uh, Canadian edition that we got here in Canada in Toronto and be a Blue Jay player. But now this is, it's you You all have to deal with it. It's in all your faces. It's the official cover and I love it. And I love how angry it's making people. I really do. Anyways, again, Baltimore, congratulations to you and your fans. You got to, we got to play the season out though. I'm excited. I'm a little bit more scared now. And still, in February, Cody Bellinger is unsigned. Blake Snell is unsigned. 
Jordan Montgomery is unsigned. What are we doing? Is this a Scott Boris thing? I don't know. I keep being told it's, it's because of Scott Boris. It's his fault. Figure it out. <laughs> These guys have to be getting worried too. I'm like, listen, I got to report in two weeks. I want to know where I'm living for the next three to ten years, depending on you know which guy it is. I'd like to know where my <laughs> the rest of my professional career will be. Can somebody tell me? Hey, Scott, can you get something done? I just have a feeling Blake Snell or Cody Bell. Well, not Cody Bellinger because the Yankees have Yankees have Verdugo, Trent Grisham, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, with Spencer Jones coming up. Yankees are stacked in the outfield. But Blake Snell just seems like he's going to end up on the Yankees, especially after the the Orioles traded for for Burns. It just feels like the Yankees are going to no, 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 come on. We know Cole is great. Rodon scares the crap out of us. Nestor scares the crap out of us. Stroman might have a meltdown by mid-May and start accusing the entire fan base of Nazism or something. So we, we should have a backup plan, and Blake Snell's pretty damn good. It'll be an interesting couple of weeks. And I cannot wait for the season. I can't explain to you how excited I am for this season to start. Just baseball. That warm weather. Gets me out of my de- seasonal depression. Winter is miserable. And in Toronto, there's been like no sun the entire winter. It's just been gray. But I can feel it. We're getting closer. And it's the best time of year. Baseball season is the best time of year, and we're almost there. And the Orioles just made the offseason a hell of a lot more interesting because they have, as exciting of a young team as you can ever hope for, and they just loaded up with an ace, which they desperately needed. Thank you for listening. And the next episode might be like a retrospective and not a traditional uh, podcast episode. Who knows? Bye.